You're listening to The CX Show, conversations on customer experience presented by SaleMove. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Mack, Director of Marketing at SaleMove, and welcome to The CX Show, SaleMove's podcast on customer experience. In today's episode, our CEO, Dan McKaylee, speaks to Annette Franz, the founder and CEO at CX Journey Incorporated, a boutique consulting firm specializing in laying the groundwork required to establish a CX strategy that will drive your culture transformation efforts. In this episode, we talk to Annette about her five-phase approach to establishing a customer journey strategy. We also discuss the process of laying the groundwork needed to make customer experience a priority within your organization. And finally, we'll learn important tips for transforming a company's culture to one where the customer experience is embraced by every employee. So without further ado, here's Dan and Annette. Welcome to another episode of the CX Show. In each episode, we speak to a senior business leader whose role relates to customer experience, and we dive deep into specific projects or tactics that they've employed to improve CX. Today, our guest is Annette Franz. Annette is the founder and CEO of CX Journey, a consulting firm that specializes in laying the groundwork required in order to establish a CX strategy that's going to drive cultural transformation efforts and it's headquartered in Orange County, California. Uh, welcome, Annette. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here. And so can you tell our, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? I gave that overview, but I'd love to uh, get, allow them to get to know you personally. Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I've been in this uh, customer experience space um, for about 25 years, started my career back at um, J.D. Power and Associates in the early 90s when I was four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's been a really exciting journey from that point on, right? You know, when I, went, when I started at J.D. Power and Associates, we, we never even talked really about customer experience at that time. We talked about customer satisfaction. We talked about customer loyalty. But customer experience wasn't even a thing at that time. And then as my you know, as my career progressed and evolved, I landed on the vendor side. I've spent most of my time on the vendor slash consulting side of this space and landing on the vendor side when, you know, online surveys for both customers and employees became a, a popular way of serving up and listening to um, both customers and employees really sort of transformed this space and, again, it has evolved over time as a result of that. So, I've, like I said, I've spent uh, most of my time on the vendor consulting side, two stints on the client side, one at Mattel and one at Fidelity. And um, about a year ago, I decided to uh, go out on my own and start CX Journey, Inc., and, and it's been a, a great ride since in last year. Congratulations. I like the entrepreneurial spirit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <And> so- <laughs> Where, 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 uh, when do you think that there was sort of that critical shift in the definition of customer satisfaction, customer service? When did it become customer experience? And I guess, in, as a segue to that, how do you define customer experience differently than those other terms? Oh, sure. Um, well, you know, it's interesting, and, and probably not everybody will agree with me, but this is sort of where I felt the shift was at the time when, when it really went from people focusing on market research, because that's really what, you know, J.D. Power and Associates and some of the earlier firms that I was with were all about was market research. It was still listening to customers, but it was just 
the way that it was done and how that data was being used. When we shifted to, you know, sort of the online space, which was in late 90s, early 2000s, so it was probably the first online VOC vendors came around in, I want to say 96, 97, but really took hold like maybe 99, 2000. And I think what happened then is there was a shift from market research, which obviously still exists, to VOC, and VOC was really about giving companies, giving brands the opportunity to listen specifically to their customers, and not that that wasn't something that they were doing with market research, but it kind of shifted the whole thinking on how we listen to customers, how much data we need, you know, with the emergence of NPS, for example, it was great if you just, if you heard from one customer, you were happy to, (laughs) happy to hear from a customer, you know, so it really, it took sort of the statistical components out of it and really made it about the customer and what the customer was saying and how do we take what we hear, follow up with the customer and fix what um, the customers are saying immediately. And it, and it put that immediacy um, on uh, that onus of the immediacy on uh, brands as well. Um, so, and to answer the second part of your question about what customer experience is, it's really the um, sum of all the interactions that a customer has with the brand um, over the life of that relationship with the brand. And that also includes, you know, the perceptions, the feelings, and the emotions um, that are elicited through um, each of those interactions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And and the, when when we talk about that shift, I, I want to dig into that just a little bit more because I find it fascinating was there was there anything in particular that prompted it because you're saying that these VOC vendors sort of started popping up in 96 and 97 was there and and there was a shift away from market research maybe less of the kind of quantitative approach and more of a qualitative approach with with the voice of the customer was there a shift in the industry that prompted that or what particularly led to this uh this new approach of doing things I really think it was the technology, right? It was having the ability to mm. have sort of that immediacy, right? When we did market research in the early 90s, you know, it was, you know, you're out in the field for one project, one listening exercise could take six to nine months, right? Because you're out in the field, then you come in, you get your data, you create your tabs. It's months and months of reporting and analysis and all of that versus the technology, which brought us right into the customer's house, right? <laughs> right onto their desktop where we heard from the customer and we could respond to them immediately online. So I think it was really the technology that um, helped to bring that shift about. Excellent. Yes, I would agree with that. I think that all of a sudden we have this unprecedented access into yep. into behaviors that we, we would have never even been able to tap into, let alone even if we did, even if we were able to tap into, as you mentioned, just the sheer amount of time and effort it would have taken to collect and synthesize all that information was pretty staggering back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's a great segue into the into the project and how you approach the feature project for today and really how you approach, uh, you know, customer experience with your clients. And I'd love yep. to hear a little bit more about that today. We, we'll be discussing your five-phased approach for establishing a customer journey strategy. So I think that okay. maybe maybe if you could give our listeners a high-level overview of that. And, and you know, as we're going through this, I'd really also appreciate it if you could talk a little bit about how technology plays a role in this, right? Seeing as that was such a fundamental uh, catalyst in, in the customer experience space in what, and what's Absolutely. possible today, I'd love to hear how that kind of weaves into the phases that uh, we'll go through today. So I'll, I'll leave it to you to kind of give us a high-level overview, and then we'll dive in deeper to to each of the individual tactics here. 
Okay, sounds good. Um, so at a high level, the five phases are foundation, understanding, future state design, implement align, and monitor and reassess, and, and really it's a continuous improvement process. So going back to step number one is really all about laying the foundation. You know, in I've been really lucky in the clients that I've been working with over the last, not just the last year, but over the last, um, you know, especially 10, 15 years, but my, specifically my situation right now with CX Journey is that they've already got executive commitment. And so we haven't had to worry about getting that in these in this process. But typically the foundation stage will involve making sure we've got the executive commitment, really laying out what are the objectives and the desired outcome for this transformation, for this journey, right? And then I go in and I do um, a current state assessment. And, and by that I mean I interview um, employees, I interview customers, I interview executives of the company to really get an understanding of where the organization stands today mm -hmm. and their readiness for taking on this transformation, right? And I think that's a really important piece. And and one of the clients that I'm working with right now is, <laughs> you know, we've, we've got some challenges because the readiness um, is in theory is there, but in, in practice and in action, um, it's not happening, right? It's, it's um, you know, the, the revenue still takes over when, you know, I, I'll call it when the going gets tough, we still focus on revenue rather than saying, okay, hang on a second, the going is getting tough, but I'm going to keep my focus and I'm going to stick to this journey and stick to focusing on improving the customer experience because in the end, if I do that, the numbers will come. So so there's there's that that I do as well. Um, we, we take a look at where the organization is in terms of alignment, as I mentioned. And during that phase, two other things that I'll say that, that um, we establish – um, number one, we take a look at mission, mission. <laughs> say that five times real fast. Mission, mm -hmm. vision, values, and and purpose, and make sure that everybody, well, a that they exist, and b that they're still relevant. And by still relevant, I'm typically referring to the values. I don't mind revisiting. Some folks don't like to revisit the values on a regular basis, but I don't mind revisiting values, especially when they're not in alignment with the journey that you're about to undertake. So, um, and then beyond that, also establishing governance. So not only do we need to have executive commitment when we begin this journey, but we need to have governance or oversight and some rules and, ro rules and, roles and responsibilities laid out for how this um, transformation and how this journey is going to be um, ex executed going forward. So that's really um, the foundation phase. Um, and then we move on into understanding, and this is all about understanding our customers. And I like to say during this phase that we do three things. We listen, we characterize, and we empathize. So we listen, um, and that is exactly what it sounds like. We um, design surveys. Um, we design other listening posts. So it, with one of my clients, for example, we're setting up a, a customer advisory board. That's another listening approach because sometimes you'll find that your customers are just burned out on surveys. So we need to find other ways to listen to our customers. So we're setting up a customer advisory board. And, and we're, we're also talking about doing some other things that are a little less traditional, including a customer immersion program, um, mystery shopping, so mystery shopping your own business, um, those kinds of things. There are a lot of different ways that we can listen and really understand the customer experience um, 
rather than just using surveys, right? And what are you um, looking then, for? This this is the understanding phase, right? So what are you what is what do you hope to come away with? Is is that then the material that you will be using for the future state design phase three? That's right. What we're doing right now is we're trying to understand our customers, and by that I mean we're trying to understand who they are, what their expectations are, what their needs are, what jobs they're trying to do, those kinds of things, and how well the company is performing against all of that, right? And who's participating in the first couple of phases? So we're looking at executives for the alignment, and then the second phase and understanding. That seems like it's a, a lot of different teams probably coming together to participate in that phase. Yeah, for the most part, the CX team is going to be um, involved in this understanding phase. They're going to be the ones who are going to design the surveys, design the various listening posts. And, and not everybody's going to have a CX team. It might be a CX team of one or you know, one person who's doing that, which unfortunately is a situation um, in, uh, in several companies that I'm working with. It's, it's a team of one, right? And so mm-hmm. this is a lot of work for one person, which is often why they go out and hire a consultant to help um, to help with that work, but it is it's this the foundation phase is really about the executives uh, about you know except for when I'm doing those interviews and then obviously we're bringing in employees and we're bringing in um, customers as well um, and when we're establishing that governance structure in the foundation phase it's it's executives but then it's you know whoever you're going to um, pull into that governance structure beyond just the executive. So it's a limited group of people who are involved in the foundation stage. Same with understanding. Understanding is really about, um, again, the CX team, but they will pull in other stakeholders from the various departments that they're going to be listening for and with just so that they can really meet their stakeholders' needs as well. So it's it's the, the work is done mainly by the CX team, but they're going to bring in the other stakeholders just to get their input and, and um, have them uh, you know, listen and participate as well, especially when it comes to journey mapping, which is the third part of understanding is we we um, create journey maps and we we'll want to make sure that we bring in the relevant stakeholders for each of the journeys that we're mapping so that they can understand what the experience is for the customer today. So. Got it. So then, and then from there, we're moving on to future state design implementation and and then the monitoring and reassessing. So maybe we, we walk right. through those briefly and, and, Okay. Uh, give us some some examples would be great in terms of the design. I think that that particular phase is always really interesting, right? Because then you're taking and synthesizing, right? And you're creating exactly. a plan. So, so what is what is what are the challenges there? Would be interesting to learn a little bit more and how technology can help there. That's right. This is and here's here's what happens in many situations. Companies do really good in the first two, and then they do nothing, right? <laughs> Especially, you know, when they get through the understanding phase and they've got all this great feedback from their customers, they've got all this great data from the journey maps and everything, and then they're sort of paralyzed or they do nothing. So this stage, this third stage here is really important because it is, the you know, all of those other things you've just done are really the catalyst for change. They're providing you with the tools that you then need to go and use to design your new experience. And a lot of times the design will bring in customers um, to help us co-create what the new experience is going to look like. Um, in terms of technology, uh, you know, it might be um, if you're journey mapping, you'll want to have a journey mapping software. If you're you know, using surveys, you'll want to have a VOC platform. You'll want to have some kind of a text analytics platform to help you with, um, 
with uh, analyzing the qualitative data. You want to have some some type of customer communication management system as well, and this comes in really handy during the design stage because if you can marry your customer communications with your journey maps and figure out where the messaging and your communications pieces tie in with the journey, then you can design relevant, consistent, right communication or right messaging to the right person at the right time type of experiences that are, you know, priceless for your customers. So, mm-hmm. so those are some examples of the types of um, uh, technology that you would need right about now or up and up until this point. Um, what, the future state des- oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I wanted to ask you, what's the output there with the future state design? You know, what, what, what do you, what do you come away with after you go through that analysis uh, and into the second half of the, of the phases? So two things, two things will be your output. You'll have a, a blueprint, <laughs> which will really um, drive what happens in the next phase, but you'll have a blueprint of what that new experience is going to look like, and you'll have an action plan, um, an action plan with action items, milestones, dates, deadlines, and owners, most importantly, right? So those are really the two key outputs from, from that phase. Excellent. Okay. And so now, now we get into operationalizing all of it, right? Uh, implementation, alignment, monitoring, reassessing, making sure that all of those, uh, all that blueprint is actually being built up by the organization. Yep. Uh, an extremely challenging phase, I'm sure. Uh, so how about you tell us a little bit about phases four and five? Absolutely. Um, phase four is, you know, obviously now you've done all this listening and understanding. And, and by the way, this same process, and, and this is um, with the clients that I'm working with right now, we're, we're doing this same sort of process or these same steps in conjunction for both the employee experience and, and the customer experience. So um, I, I just want to make that clear that there's a real strong connection between employee experience and customer experience, and they go hand in hand. And as a matter of fact, with one of the clients that I'm working with right now, as we did that, that initial current state analysis, we said, okay, if we fix the employee experience, the customer experience will just follow very easily, right? So, so I just wanted to make sure that we call that out and just say that's that a really is, you know yeah that's a really important point and i and i was just wondering if if is is it a process that's running parallel with the same sorts of phases are you doing it in conjunction with the customer experience how do you loop in that employee experience component into the the phases here absolutely your your head of hr and your chief customer officer are in lockstep throughout this whole process. So I've got this one client that I'm working with where we came up with that realization. They are, we actually spent more time up front after we had sort of done that initial assessment, figuring out what we needed to do immediately for the employee experience and probably got a two-month head start on the employee experience before we even started to do anything with regard to listening and mapping on the customer experience side. So yeah, very important um, connection there. And they and they should be done, um, like I said, in lockstep. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's probably communication efforts with the employees. There's training efforts. There's uh, tracking efforts. W- what are some really ta- uh, tactical sort of, or, or I guess like outputs or tactics that come out of the employee experience? First three phases that we've covered: we have the foundation understanding and future state. Of what are you coming away with typically there with your clients? Yeah, with um, with with the with regards to the employee experience, we're coming away with 
a real solid understanding of what the pain points are and what needs to be fixed. And so with this particular client, we've we've actually we've done away with their employee or their employee engagement survey because <laughs> it was really a joke for their employees, you know, it was done every quarter in the past and nothing was ever done with the feedback and so, you know, people were either not you know, participating or just, you know, it was like, oh, see my survey from last year, see my, or see my responses from last quarter, you know, that kind of a response. So that wasn't very helpful at all. And and obviously, if you're going to listen to your employees, you need to do something with the feedback right away. So one of the things that came out of that was um, an employee listening tour that was, that's really a monthly um, tour with select groups of employees Um actually with different executives sitting in on each one of those listening tours so that they can um, have open conversations with their employees about the experience today and what needs to be improved. So that's been really key. And they've actually got a ton of initiatives that have come out of these first several months of listening to the employees and, and understanding the employee experience better. I couldn't even begin to tell you right now how many different uh, individual initiatives, but, you know, simple things from, you know, dress code to benefit, changes in the benefits to changes in how vacation accrues and, and, and changes in how performance reviews are done and, and, you know, how managers provide feedback and all of those kinds of things. And, and one of the things that I think is really important was a change to how they onboard new employees because mm-hmm. what better way to set the stage for what the experience is going to be like when you come on board is to really make the onboarding process more about the employee than about the company and make the onboarding process about, you know, how, what's what's this going to be for you, you know, and how, how are we going to help you develop your career and those kinds of things. So, so um, a lot of really interesting initiatives have come out of, of that just for the employees. And, and we're starting to see some positive, uh, you know, um, murmurs <laughs> around the office, so to speak about, about some of the good things that are happening. So. That's excellent. And, and I guess, do, do you feel that once you get to, to phase four and five with the, with sort of the implementation alignment, monitoring, reassessing, do the, do the employee experience and the customer experience at that point kind of almost converge in terms of these phases? Like you're not, now you're, you've empowered the employees uh, to, to also implement these, these changes into it's, it seems to me like a natural conversions point at that point at that stage, at that phase? I think that's a great way of saying it. Absolutely. Because, you know, now we're, we're not only have we got them set in terms of, or not set, but we're got, we've got them on the right path in terms of their own sort of careers and their own experiences. And now we're layering what that means to the business and to the customer and the customer's experience. And then sort of cross training on, you know, here's what we're hearing in terms of the feedback from customers. So here's some coaching and, and um, feedback that we need to give to you. This is, again, about improving your um, performance and your career and those kinds of things. And yet at the same time, flipping it around and, and, oh, by the way, this is how it impacts the customer. You know, So yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it, that they sort of converge at this point. And then there's training and communication and coaching and doing the work, right? And to your point, they are empowered to implement the changes and implement the new experiences that they're going to be delivering. Excellent. And, and, and touching on the, the monitoring and reassessing phases, 
uh, or phase, right? Number five, what are we looking for there? What is our objective? Uh, I mean, of course, I understand that we're looking at specific metrics and how those are indicative of the prior or the design that we've decided to implement. But I guess more so, more so what, how do we make that part of the DNA of the organization? How do we ensure that it is being monitored, that we are reevaluating and going back into a design state of mind, you know, making sure that new insights that we're getting from having these programs in place are being incorporated back into the original approach? Yeah, I think one of the things is really key is is the messaging up front when we first communicate to employees what we're doing and why we're doing this is to let them know a couple of things. Number one, it's a journey. It's not going to happen in three months. It's not going to happen in six months. And oh, by the way, you know, two to four years down the road when this is our really our new way of doing business, um, you won't even you won't even remember that we had this conversation because it is just that it's the new way of doing business. And and as a part of that is sort of that continuous improvement process. It's, it's you know, des- designing it, implementing it, measuring it, making sure that it still works for our customers and making sure our customers are still the same as they are today and then continuously reassessing where we are. So, yeah, I think the, I think the key here is that it's, it's a journey until it becomes your new normal and then it's, you know, your new normal. Absolutely. No, this is great. I, I, I love this. I think it's, it's very clear, some very clear steps with clear objectives. And I think to, to sort of wrap up the future project for today, I'd love to get your take on how is this approach different from others, you know, and tell us a little bit about what sets it aside within the CX community and the CX space. You know, honestly, I don't know if it's really that much different from others. We all have our different sort of approaches and, and you know, steps, and we may do them in different order, and we may not call them the mm-hmm. same thing, but we're all trying to do the same thing, right? It's really about making sure that the culture is what it is and, and is a people-first culture, making sure that we understand our customers. It's designing and then, you know, doing the work. And I think that, you know, like I said, everybody's – trying to do the same thing. Everybody's approach approach is going to be different because, you know, my experience and and my approach is based on, you know, my last 25 years of working with, with customers and seeing what works or working with my clients and seeing what works and knowing what works. So, so it's really, it's really, um, you know, about me. I had, I think the best way to sort of summarize it is I had asked, had a friend ask me, you know, Hey, are you going to write a book on um, customer experience? And I said, well, why would I write a book? There's so many books out there on customer experience. And she said, (laughs) because, because, (laughs) because it's your book, it's your experience, right? It's, it's in your words, it's you, right? So I think that's probably the, the best way to sort of summarize the differentiation there. I like that. I think that it's, you know, you're, you're emphasizing the execution rather than the concepts themselves, which I think is, right. is exactly, exactly what, what it is. And I, I, I do think that there's something that stood out to me as you were talking is the emphasis on the employee side and how it kind of weaves in and out of the initiatives. I know that that's, that's something that others talk about, but it seems that that's, you know, particularly important to you. And I think that's the right, I think it is a, a very critical part of being successful with these initiatives. So I, de- I, I agree with you that it's all in the execution. Although I would say that th- that particular aspect stood out to me. I, I agree. You know, the, the funny thing is, is that I, since my days at JD Power Associates, I've been talking to clients about the employee experience and, you know, back then they'd say, ah, well, listen, our, 
our employees later. We want to listen to customers now or focus on customers now. And I've been pushing that for the last 25 years, and it's funny because I'm just seeing it more and more now out in the thought leader pieces and, and people talking about it just within the last year is really focusing on the employee experience. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that everybody else is picking up on it, too, because it's such an important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. So thanks so much for walking us through that. I wanted to conclude today with asking you uh, uh, two more questions. Uh, okay. What, what do you like to read in the CX space? What are your recommendations when it comes to things that our listeners can tune into or, or read about? Any, any particular uh, sources that come to mind there for you? Oh gosh, I have I have a lot. <laughs> if you could see the bookshelf behind me in my office, you would probably laugh. I probably have every every again every CX book because there's a ton of them out there. But I like to read. So one one thing that I would like to recommend is um, Jean Bliss's uh, podcast. She is uh, I think she's the original chief customer officer. She's written several books. She actually just um, is launching a new book here in about a month or so. Um, that is a pretty interesting one as well um, called Make Make Mom Proud. Um, but she has a great podcast where she interviews chief customer officers, and it's a very uh, great interview in terms of practical you know, application, what's being done. It's not theory. It's what's being done in the companies today to change the, the culture and the customer experience. So that's a great one. The other thing that I like to do is read um, leadership books. I think that's a, a – key part of this customer experience transformation that I don't want to say that people tend to forget about, but I, but you don't see much out there in terms of what consultants are saying and thinking and the work that they're doing when it comes to really focusing on the leadership of the organization and the importance of, of um, being able to commu- communicate with them and share with them why this is um, you know, something important that needs to be done. So, so those, are, those, those are a couple of examples. But like I said, I've got uh, every other <laughs> CX book out there. It's really interesting. Um, employee engagement on the employee side. Recently just picked up a book by um, the co-founder of uh, LinkedIn, uh, Reid Hoffman. It's a book called The Alliance. He's mm-hmm. got a completely different It's a great different, book. I don't know if you – yeah, I don't know if you – I haven't read it yet, but I saw – I went through his slide deck, and I was like, oh, I've got to read that. That's a really interesting Yeah, you'll, you'll love it. Yeah. I think especially given your, your emphasis on EX that we were, we've been talking about. So I think you'll really enjoy that one. Yeah. And one other book that I would recommend is a book by Bob Chapman, who is the CEO of Barry Waymiller. It's called Everybody Matters. And going back to sort of the thinking on um, leadership and culture and the employee experience, he sort of had this epiphany years ago about, you know, hey, we've got these people in our care for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And if we send them home <laughs> in a condition worse than, than, you know, they came into the office with, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours ago, then we have a problem, right? We need mm-hmm. to take better care of our employees. So it's a, it's a very powerful read um, as well. So I would recommend that. Excellent. Those are great recommendations. I made a couple of notes here for myself too. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and, and I think to, the final question I wanted to ask is what, what does the future of customer experience look like to you? Um, you know, I, I think it looks like this. It's um, two very important components of what that experience is going to be, our data and technology. And I think I can summarize it probably in four or five words. It's going to be all about personalizing and simplifying the experience for me across all channels. You know, 
it's using that data and the technology to do that, personalize and simplify across all channels. That's great. Yeah. It, it'll be an exciting, it'll be an exciting decade to come. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Annette. It, it was really incredibly interesting to hear how, about your five-phase approach. I think it's an excellent thank framework. You. And uh, just, you know, how, how you use it to establish customer journey, uh, customer journey strategies and, and create really people-focused people organizations. So yep. thank you so yep. much for, for chatting with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And to all of you out there listening, keep making moves. You've been listening to The CX Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. For more information on how SailMove enables the world's top companies to deliver the in-person customer experience online, please visit SailMove.com.